Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Every minute you're getting me live. And it just so happens that's how it's happened. It's landed. I say all that because in November, in November, early November last year, I felt the Lord speak to me. And how he speaks to me is just whispers into my heart. I was reading the Bible and I just felt him whispering and say to me, and he says, I want you to speak a message on forgiveness into the life of the church. So um, my conversation went something like this. Okay, Lord, when do you want me to do it? Because it's not going to really work well. Now we're, into the, we're ramping up to the Christmas season. And it was this dialogue, no, that's fine if you do it in the new year, but I want you to be very intentional and putting it in in the new year because I know what you're like, Christian, you'll forget. That was my conversation. Okay, Lord, I'll do what you said. So the next senior leadership team that I went to, I said, look, guys, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and actually it was with regards to forgiveness and actually the second part to it, which we're not going to touch on loads, was trust, forgiveness and trust. And I said, and I just want to have a word. So anyway, we've programmed it. So here we are today. This is the message that I've recorded that goes to all the locations. And I'm here live to be able to share this with you. Now, can I just say, over the, the time from early November up until even, even this week, it's been a really difficult message to put together. I found it quite painful, if I'm honest. Um, I've, I've, I've read material on this subject, I've, I've listened to some teaching, watched some teaching, I've listened to some podcasts, I've looked at some books and I've seen some articles and what's happened over that time is the scalpel of God's word has cut deep as I've been studying, as I've been preparing, as I've been reflecting, as I've been praying, as I've been thinking and I will say as I've been weeping which has brought me to a deeper part of forgiving. So what I'm saying all that in my introductory remarks is it's important you know this is not just a message which you can get from some church pastors. And by the way, there are some guys who have gone before me and girls who've taught on this and they're much better than I. So I don't think I'm a specialist because I've been looking at it for a few weeks. But what I do know is that the Lord has, has gone deep in my heart. So this is first processed in me before I bring it to you. And I also want to say that some of you in this moment want to run out these doors because there's so much unforgiveness in your heart and it cuts very, very deep. Because it's one of the greatest challenges, I believe, to every century, to every generation, without exception, because it's a strong emotion. It's created wars, it's separated families. It's brought people to early deaths. You see, because unforgiveness, and if you want to take notes, I would encourage you to do so. Some of you may just want to listen to it. and You may need to re-listen to this message again. Because even if you say, well, I don't live with unforgiveness, I live pretty free. You need to listen to this because there's going to be some helpful pointers. Because through life, people hurt us. And we have to learn how to deal with this properly in God. You see, unforgiveness, if not attended to, leads to bitterness. And bitterness ultimately leads to hatred. And these are very, very strong emotions that we're talking about. I think we can all recollect a time. 
I'm sure when we've all been offended, where we've all been hurt. My joy of leading this church is <clears throat> over the uh, two decades or more now is that um, I get to hear some stories that I will never tell anybody else. I'm not talking of a legal nature. We've got some ex-police officers here and of course we're, and people who've worked in the police force and of course if people say to you and it's of a legal I just want to be clear for full disclosure if it's of a, a, a legal thing I have a responsibility to pass that on it's not been that but there's things that have happened to them that have caused so much pain and I'm privy to that information and I need you to know it causes me a lot of pain I have my poker face, my domino face, actually, John. I have my domino face. He was talking about not the game. He was talking about the pizzas, okay? Yeah. I've gone somewhere else. <laughs> Let me go back to it. The pain that people feel. And it's severe. And it's deep. So it would be crass of me to say, I'm going to give you the... the Three steps to forgiveness. The dummy's guide to forgiveness, Wes. This isn't it. Simply this is a message. Some of you, some of you, this is a bold prayer that I've been asking the Lord. Some of you are going to be set free in this meeting. But for some people, this is the beginning of the process to finding freedom and getting forgiven. Does that make sense? Because there are some things that are so deep, so deep. They can't be just dealt with in just 35 minutes of ministry. Is this helpful so far? I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but I just need to, to address it. Let me just give you a couple of examples of this before we drive into it. I, I brought a, a, a rucksack with me. It's my briefcase it's what I carry around with me and we know that unforgiveness if not attended to is like a rock sack I think it was Helen I was saying to or was it no it was it was it was Julie I was saying to and she just was saying with regards to carrying olive and she has to be careful because it could carry a weight those who have children and grandchildren it's the joy of carrying them but it can create a weight Jordan's here heavily pregnant well I mean, heavily pregnant. There's nothing heavy about Jordan, is there? But, you know, she's carrying a weight that she wouldn't normally carry. Wasn't, wasn't, it's not, it is natural, but you understand, not all the time. Um, and that's what like, is like forgiveness. It's like carrying something on your back, and it's only when you take it off that you realize what you've been carrying. Does that make sense? It's like, uh, you remember at school, I wasn't very good at science. I'm still not very good at science, okay? But I remember one example of this. Well, do they call them the Petri dishes? Where they would have a germ or a bacteria or something, and they would, it would begin. And then over time, you would see it over a few days or over a week. And what happens is that little bit of a germ in that dish begins to affect the whole dish. It's like forgiveness. It's like unforgiveness. 
We say, oh, I can, I can hold it, I can section it. You can't. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you live. Can I even say this? It even affects the way you breathe. There's some people who have I've had in my life, as soon as they walk through the door, my breathing, I start to get heavy, heavy breathing. Because of the pain that they have, they have caused me. And I've had to let it go. Because it affects every part of our lives. This unforgiveness. And so, you may say, as I have done over my life, well, I have a right to be angry because we have a right about everything. I actually think we need to read our Bibles a little bit more clearly. We have lost all our rights. We gave all our rights away when we submitted our lives at the foot of the cross. Some people say I'm entitled to feel this way because of the pain that someone has caused me. Can I just use a very common phrase that I've used many times Because someone once said this, bitterness, let me just put in brackets, your rights, your entitlement to be bitter is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. You see, the only person it affects is you. Now, what I do want to say, because I've talked a lot about me and our emotions, I want to just take the greatest example And I want you to know that if you're new here to church or if you've been coming for a few weeks, this isn't new. This has always been the case, but we love Jesus. We are a Jesus church. We are Jesus followers. We want to exalt the name of Jesus. Anybody I thought I'd get, we want to exalt the name of Jesus. We want to teach Jesus' word. We want to share the love of Jesus like Jesus shared. We want to serve like Jesus served. We want to be like Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is our example. And Jesus spoke often about forgiveness. He gave on many occasions a command, not a suggestion, to forgive those who have sinned against him and against his disciples. Even more compelling that Jesus talking about it is the way that Jesus actually forgave those who sinned against him directly. Now you need to understand, for Jesus, forgiveness was not automatic. It's not automatic for any of us. It was intentional. A conscious choice to forgive. After the Roman soldiers had scourged and nailed him in Luke 23 verse 34, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. And even after the resurrection, Jesus had every right to be furious. You may say, what am I talking about? He goes into a room Because, by the way, Jesus hung up on a cross for our sin, but rose again from the grave to overcome the sin and the grave and death and hell so we could live with freedom. And there is a resurrection. There was a death and there was a resurrection. And Jesus, where did he go after his resurrection? He went to the very people who deserted him. He went to the very man who actually deserted him and the cock crowed three times. Now you think when he went into the upper room, I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking, they, John, they, these guys deserve a serious reprimand. I'm going to tell them what. I'm going to tell them how they let me down, how they, how, they, how they wasted my three and a half years. But instead, what does he do with divine compassion? Jesus says not once, but three times, John 20, 19, 21, 26, peace be with you. 
He was extending peace to these guys. It's remarkable. What a Savior who is full of love and forgiveness. And by the way, church, Arena Church, if you want to be the greatest church, you need to follow his example. And we have to follow this example because he asked the church to continue this healing ministry of forgiveness. Jesus in Matthew 6 verse 14 said, If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And Peter asked Jesus how often it was necessary to to forgive. Seven times? And of course that was the, the most that the Jewish culture would go to. Seven times. That was extreme. Seven times. And Jesus, not being absolutely certain, he, he was exaggerating the point. There's no, nothing symbolic about what Jesus said seven times, Peter. No, 70 times seven. By my maths, because I quite like maths, 490. Wow, that means to say that somebody, it's just an exaggeration. Nobody would, you'd need to forget, extend forgiveness that many times, even in a lifetime. Jesus was stressing the point that it was important that we take this thought of forgiveness and apply it to our own lives. Why? Because he knew as he spoke this to his disciples, 21 centuries later, we would be, there would be a church like Arena Church Mansfield that needs to have this same truth. Why? Because we live in such a dark, broken world where people hurt one another and you hurt people and people hurt you. And the only answer is forgiveness. Can I just give you one other illustration of Jesus? As you read the scriptures, Jesus spoke loads about forgiveness. He told the the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, 23 to 35. And the most outstanding parable story that Jesus told, the greatest forgiveness parable of all, is the prodigal son. As As he tells this story of the father with two boys and the youngest son says, give me my inheritance now. His father says, listen, you've got all the pleasures of this house. You can have what you want. You've got all the comforts, all the food, all the leisure that you want. No, give me my inheritance now. And he goes off and squanders it all. And wild living, wild partying, the very thing that his father wouldn't want, that is a picture of you and I. And the father is God. But interestingly, the man comes to his senses. He was at his lowest ebb and he says, I'd be better served just being a servant in my father's house rather than this pig's will. So as he walks back, unbeknown to him, his father every single day had waited in daylight to see if his son had going to return. And what is his father's response? He didn't run to him and reprimand him. He didn't run to him and quarantine him because he was in the filth and dress of what he was. No, he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And I'm sure he wept and they wept. And he loved on him and he forgave him. And he says, kill the fatted calf, get the cloaks, clothe him new, put a new ring on his finger. This is the greatest, greatest, greatest story of forgiveness One of the greatest that Jesus told. Jesus told this story. And what is it about? Forgiveness. So I say all that. But why is it so difficult? 
Because it is. And whilst it may be difficult, it's not impossible. Because if it was impossible, Jesus wouldn't ask us to do it. And I am going to be pretty bold here, even if you're a forgiving sort. If you are outside of Christ and somebody severely inflicts wounds upon you, I almost think it's a dare to say it's impossible outside of Christ to truly forgive. It's only in Christ and only through the Spirit of Christ that I have found true forgiveness for people around me. Desmond Tutu, the Archbishop of South Africa, who navigated the evils of apartheid, said this, forgiveness is not weak. Sometimes men and women think, well, I'm not going to be the first one. Have you ever been in an altercation with your husband or wife, those who've been married? Well, I'm not going to be the first one who apologizes. And you're all waiting and the rooms, oh, I can tell a few of you have lived like that. Okay. And I'm not saying anything. And well, I'm waiting for her. And I'm waiting for him. He's done it all. Forgiveness is not easy. Desmond Tutu understood this and he said, forgiveness is not weak. It takes courage to face and overcome powerful emotions. And by the way, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that prisoner was you. I'll say that again. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that prisoner was you. If you are in unforgiveness, you are in a prison. You are bound up. So the likelihood is we've all been on the receiving end of someone doing something wrong to us and we all want to be forgiven then, but it's the other part when we have to extend forgiveness that we may struggle with. So in the closing moments that I have with you, and I'm doing okay, and I don't want you to tune out, because this has the potential, one of the things, it can't change your past. It can't change your past. What's happened has happened. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. Because if you are forever living in the past, it will affect your present and it will ultimately affect your future. What, what am I saying? God has an ordained plan and purpose for every single one of our lives. And it's impossible for us to live that God-ordained purpose if we are holding on to things against people, our, our world becomes smaller. As we let things go, God enlarges our world. We, we walk into a purpose and a freedom and a fulfillment. Who would like that kind of life? I most definitely want to, but it comes at a cost. So when I was searching through some things, I, I saw one of the best outlines and I've taken this man's outlines and it's unfortunate that this man's end of his ministry didn't end well. But what I don't want to do is throw the, the baby out with the bathwater because there is truth in this book. And it was a simple book called Simplify. It's quite an old book now of about 15 years, I would imagine. And one of the chapters is called From, 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 from Wounded to Wholeness. And in there, um, Bill Hybels talks about three particular categories. I've not taken this chapter and preaching it to you. I've taken just the thought of, of where is that. And I want to work these things through. Because he breaks it down into three categories of offence. Three categories of hurt, of wounds. The first one, category one, is a, are they the lesser offences? If you're taking notes, just write that down. They are the lesser offences. 
These are the day-to-day humdrum that we all have to face every single day. I dare say that if there's some husband and wife who travel today today, you've had an altercation, potentially in the car. It always happens to me on a Sunday. Actually, this Sunday we had a day off. It was wonderful, Caroline and I. It was great. We were kissing and cuddling and it was wonderful. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm being honest and real. Sometimes, you know, those things can happen and they happen on when you're going to God's house and God's people and the kids don't do as they're told. And, you know, but these are the lesser offences. Category one of the lesser offences. If you're a young person here, it's the likelihood that somebody's not now following you on, on Instagram. They've unfollowed you and you're really picked off with it. You know, or you've had an email that's came through and emails are dangerous. We tell that in our organisation. If you've got something to say significant, don't send it through an email because it's really difficult to communicate, isn't it? Any heart of anything. But you may have had an email and you're right, picked off with that, with that Rachel. That Rachel's going to get it when I get back to the office. She's going to, but let me tell you, it, she probably didn't mean it, Rachel. Whoever, if you're Rachel here today, I, please forgive me. Okay, but, but you, you know, she did, probably didn't mean it. Uh, okay, uh, lesser offences. Have you got it? Lesser, the day-to-day stuff. But listen to me carefully. If we don't deal with the day-to-day stuff, they grow and, and breathe, particularly in church. How many churches? I thank God. I, need, I want to be careful here what we speak out, but I feel we've got enough spirituality around, around us. I thank God, whilst we have had people across the locations leave, we have never had a church split in 23 years that I have been leading this church. We've had people leave. On times, and some people leave, unfortunately, and that saddened me. Sometimes I've rejoiced. Sorry, I just need to be honest with you. I was doing the can-can when they were going on. Sorry, I'll, I'll move on, because I, I, I need to move on. Okay. But many times I've been in real pain, but we've not had, we've not had that. But why, why is that? Because you need to deal with issues quickly. If you've got an issue with this man, come and talk to him. Don't talk about the rest of the church. If you've got an issue with me, come and talk to him. If you've got an issue with Paul, come, come and talk to us and we'll endeavour to try and work it out. Is that okay? They're the lesser offences. And by the way, that same applies in your families. Kids frustrating you, go and have a talk with them. You know, your mum and dad frustrating you, go and have a talk with them. Okay, be honourable, but just have a talk with them. These are lesser offences. And 1 Corinthians 13, just to ground this in Scripture, it says in the love chapter, Paul says, Jesus' followers are not easily angered. If only that was true. I have a bias towards anger, so I have to keep bringing that before the Lord. But Jesus' followers are not easily angered. And then Colossians 3, verse 13 and 14, in the message, I've just done it because it's, it's really good language. It says there, be even tempered, content with second place, Quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Lesser categories, sorry, lesser offences. Let's make sure that we deal with these quickly. Have you got it? Just give me a wave if you've got it. They're the less, just deal with it. Just deal with it. And that will be helpful to Josh and Helen as well and across all our locations. But secondly, and this is where my tone changes. This is where... Some of the weeping has happened. Because category two and category three are much more severe. Category two are legitimate wounds. And they're very painful. 
I, I took something out of the oven. Dutiful husband trying to help her with a meal. See, I'm not as sexist as all you ladies think of me. I'm throwing that in just to make sure. But I was. We share it together. We, 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 lovely, Caroline and I. But as I was just taking it out, it burnt, it burnt me here. And I was able to get it under the tap quick, quick enough. It's not creating anything. But sometimes if you burn yourself, it leaves a mark. It leaves a scar. This is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. We're not talking about burning us. We're talking about a legitimate wound that is so painful. Now the answer is the same as lesser offences. The answer is forgiveness. So it's still the same answer if you're taking notes. It still doesn't change. It's forgiveness. But this forgiveness is not a simple process. I'm not letting you off the hook, but I'm giving you room. I'm giving you space. Because the process has to run something like this. First of all, we have to acknowledge the wrong that has been done to us. I've been wronged. I didn't say that. I did nothing wrong in this marriage. Why did that person abuse me? I did nothing wrong. But we have to acknowledge that it's been done to us. Secondly, there will be a grieving process over what's been lost. Because it's always relationships. You've lost something. You had something. It's now been lost. But eventually, over that time and over that process and period, with the help of others and with the help of Jesus, you will get to the point where you release forgiveness and you can let the other person off the hook. What a glorious day that is. We have to attempt forgiveness. We have to let it go. In church context, we was encouraged in the book, book of Matthew, if a fellow believer hurts you, what are you meant to do? You're meant to go and have a word with them. If they won't hear from that, you need to bring a leader of the church into that context. And then if you cannot get reconciliation there, it has to go to the whole church. There's a journey for legitimate wounds that Jesus has outlined in the context of church, but I think it works in most things. And one of the greatest verses that I have tried to live with, because everybody thinks that I'm always up for a battle and I'm always up for a war, probably personality-wise, quite loud and whatever, boisterous. I'm actually not in private. These guys all know I'm actually can be quite... I can be boisterous, not as boisterous as him, okay? <laughs> but I, 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 I'm a little more, more, more subdued and quiet. As the, years have, as the years have gone on, as the years have gone on, I've become more quiet. I don't know whether that's a thing, just a little bit more reflective, which is not a bad thing. So people see me as always wanting to take people on. I'm not. Because Romans 12 verse verse 8 says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now sometimes it's not dependent on you. (laughs) So you have no choice over that. But if it does depend on you, live at peace with everyone. So try and live with this truth. But I also recognize there are legitimate wounds that come and they are very painful. And there's a journey to this. There's no quick fix in this particular thing before I just go to the third thing. The truth is forgiveness is in God's time and it is the only door to healing. It's the only door to healing. And I would encourage people who feel like they've had a category two incident 
You need to share this with God. And you'll need to repeatedly share it with God. And you will need to share it with others. And I'm not necessarily saying a therapist or a counsellor, although I'm not opposed to those things. But it's someone, a group. That's why groups are so important in church, to find somebody. And what you find is in a group, you normally find a person or a couple of people in a group who are really spiritual, who can help you walk through some of that. That's what I've, in my experience, past experiences. But thirdly, because of time, category three. The, the, these, the, this is, this is ve- really difficult, this third one. I feel the pain of it. This is what I've been doing as I've been preparing it. It's been like, Because these are life-shattering experiences. And these are soul-threatening. These are soul-threatening. This is an, an injustice. This is an unthinkable tragedy that changes the landscape of, landscape of your life forever. Let me just give you some examples of this, not to be crass or crude or intrusive, but it could be a murder, a sexual abuse, a rape, a molestation, a marital breakdown. What is required? Well, forgiveness. But it's radical forgiveness. Yeah. I was reading a story of a youth pastor. And I was a youth pastor. And he, his wife was driving with their baby, not yet born, two months before due date and a reckless driver killed her instantly and killed the baby instantly and it was just recklessness dangerous driving reckless and there was all things around that and what is the answer to this youth pastor well one of his young students came to him and said pastor you need to practice what you've been preaching And you need to extend radical forgiveness. This was in 2006. 2023, these men are both friends. This man pleaded, this youth pastor pleaded with the courts to be lenient on him. And the courts were. And they became friends. And this youth pastor led this man who killed his wife to Jesus Christ. And they are still friends. And this person will have to live with that forever but he is now married with his own family I saw a picture of them and this youth pastor has now found a new love and a new wife but where did it start well life-shattering experience that required radical forgiveness Luke 23 verse 34 Jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And sometimes things have happened to you and the people haven't known what they're doing. And there's other times when they have known what they're doing. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Whatever the category, 
it's still the same forgiveness. Again, may I remind you how many times? Seven. Now I tell you, 70 times seven. Forgiveness is truly the road to freedom. As I conclude, please forgive me for snotting and all the rest of it. Two songs we sing that have really captured me these last few weeks. One is called Run to the Father. Hannah sings it so beautifully. Hannah Albis, Kevin Hannah are here today on the online services. And one of the lines is, I've carried a burden for too long on my own. Is that your story? And then the second song that's really impacted me is very upbeat. It's I Thank God. And you'll often see me, not all the time, but when it gets me, there's a line in there that says, burden and bitterness, you better keep moving for you are not welcome here. And I do this because I do not want to live out of bitterness and the burdens. This is the freedom that Jesus wants to bring us into. He wants us to bring our burdens, our unforgiveness, our pain, our hurt, our shame, and lay it down at the foot of the cross. This is where we begin to pray and ask the Lord for grace to love and to forgive. We come to the point, I'm talking about out of experience, where we pray for those who have hurt us if they're still alive. If, we've, if they've died, we release this forgiveness. And this is where it begins. Can I just give you three other things that I forgot about that were in my notes? It's really important. And I do want to get to the point of prayer in this forgiveness thought. First of all, we need to recognize, and we've heard it from Josh's lead this, this morning. Personally, we need to receive the Lord's forgiveness. We need to receive the Lord's forgiveness. You may have been the person who was doing the stuff. Jesus says you are forgiven. And you need to receive the Lord's forgiveness. Secondly, you have to forgive yourself. There are some things wrongs that I've done to others. I know I have. I have to learn to forgive myself from those things. And thirdly, we then have to extend forgiveness to others. If we do not do this, we will be forever enslaved. In concluding, because I said there was two things, forgiveness and trust. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Just send, I know you're quiet, but I just sense the Spirit of God at work. Because the whole trust thing and what he whispered to me was also, there are people who cannot walk into trust. So you can't walk, think about entering into a new relationship because of what has happened. And he gets that and we get that. But ultimately, God wants to walk you into a place of trust where you can trust again. Does that make sense? So it may be that you've had a terrible, you're a category three. These are life-shattering experiences. It could be in the context of a relationship. And we've had a lot, we, we have many, not lots, we have many people who have experienced uh, terrible, terrible marital failures, betrayal. And they're in our church and there needs to be a forgiveness that's released and then perhaps 
God can do something in their hearts that they can begin to trust again. And it may be in the plan of purposes that God does have another husband or another wife for them. Does that make sense? I'm not forcing anything. But you can't walk into something new if you don't deal with that stuff here. By the way, some people come from other churches. You've had some terrible, terrible experiences of churches. You don't know me from Adam, many of you. You don't know Josh that, that well. I understand that trust has to be earned. It's not automatically given. But I do want to encourage people, even in the context of coming from other churches, and I will use this, sometimes you may feel like you've been misused. You may even feel like you've been abused. But Jesus wants us to bring these things to the foot of the cross. So we can walk in freedom and we can then walk again in trust. Does that make sense? So actually not everybody is the same as what your past experiences have had. And this is even the context of church. If you've had a wonderful experience from church and you've come here because God you know, relocated you, wonderful. But I do know, because I just know, over the arena church, there's many people who haven't had that. And by the way, I know I'm not perfect and I may have let you down at times, but seriously, it's never been intentional. But please will you forgive me? Please will you forgive me? Because I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. So, don't allow the negative experiences of your past to be a filter for your present. Because we put everything through the filter and it affects everything. I wonder if.